0: Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And this, this Peter that had denied Jesus three times, we see him preaching, and thousands of people coming to Christ. Because they have, they have received the Holy Spirit. So when you look at all these things, we know that it was not the power of man; It was the power of the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. Amen. It was the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. And so, right at the beginning of their ministry, something tragic happens. Stephen gets murdered. You would say that these guys would be probably fearful again, right? Because they had seen Jesus Christ arrested, and they, got, they became fearful, and they fled. And now... Stephanie murdered right at the beginning of their ministry. But they, they do not get fearful. They continue to proclaim the Lord Jesus. They continue to preach, reaching people for Christ. Why? Because they had the Holy Spirit in their lives. So as Luke introduces here his book... In verse 3, he says, he presented himself alive to them. So Jesus, after he suffered and he, and he died for you and I, he got, he got resurrected. He presented himself to his disciples alive. I know some people in the world do not believe that Jesus really was resurrected. A lot of people do not believe in this, but this is true. He presented himself, he appears to his disciples for 40 days, ministering to them, teaching them the Word of God, talking to them about the kingdom of heaven after his resurrection. He is alive, brothers and sisters. And that is the reason why you and I are here this morning worshiping him, because he's alive. So the first point that I'll be talking about this morning is Jesus sets the example. That's the first point. He was on earth. He preached. He ministered to people in many, many different ways. And let me just take a minute and mention a couple of ways in which Jesus ministered to people. He was on earth Uh, He began his ministry when he was 30 years old, and for three years, he worked with his disciples, he died on the cross, and he was resurrected. So during three years, he was with his disciples, teaching them, training them, setting an example for them. And the examples that you you and I see in the Bible, those things happened during three years. He did them during three years of his life on earth. And so one of the things that he did, one of the ways that he ministered to people was by socializing with people. Okay, Jesus socialized with people. And we can find an, a, a demonstration here in John chapter 2 uh, when he was invited to a wedding in Cana. Jesus gets there. He participates in the wedding. In that same event, Jesus performs the first miracle in the presence of his disciples. He turns Water into wine. And something very important happens here. It says in that chapter, in that passage, that he performs this miracle for the glory of the Father. And you can see right there that his priority is to bring glory to the Father. And it also says in that passage that his disciples believed in him. They saw the miracle and they believed in him. Brothers and sisters, you're disciples of Jesus. You are supposed to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Unbelief unbelief leads you to death. But when you believe in the Lord Jesus and you give yourself to him, you become alive. You become alive. In Matthew 11, chapter 15, Jesus cleanses the, the temple. This is another way he ministered. And he calls the temple the house of the Lord. And when, when we look at uh, 1 Corinthians, we see, we see that Paul called the temp, your body the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so this willingness, this desire that Jesus Christ had of cleansing the temple should be your desire as well to see your body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, clean, because Jesus is the only one who can clean that temple in you. Amen. He ministered by cleaning the temple. And he's the one who cleans the temple in you, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, something that gets cleaned it's because it's dirty, right? It's because it's dirty. When we clean our house, it's because there is something that makes it, made it dirty and we want it away from our house, right? What is it that makes our, the temple of the Holy Spirit in us dirty? It's sin. It's only Jesus Christ who can cleanse the sin from your heart. He's the only one who can take that out of your heart. And also Jesus interacted with people one-on-one. And we can see that in John chapter 4 when he interacted one-on-one with the woman at the well. And he speaks to her and he shows himself to her how he was the greatest. And he shows to her that he was, he was the son of God. And she gets so fired up and she goes back to her village and she tells people about Jesus. And that should be our reaction to the Word of God. When we hear the Word of God, our reaction should be to share that Word because it transforms our heart. So when we hear it, our reaction should be to share what we have learned, what we have experienced with other people so that people can come to Christ. And this is exactly what this woman said. And so these are just a couple of ways in which Jesus ministered while he was here on earth. Now, what are the implications of this? What does that imply? Jesus ministered. And we, as the disciples of Jesus, we're supposed to minister, right? Because we're supposed to follow his ways. We're supposed to follow his steps as disciples of Christ. As a church, we need to continue the work that Jesus began. That's the first implication that, that I'll talk about this morning. In the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, Philippians 2, 14, 15, we read: Do all things without grumbling or dis- disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of the crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. He says here that we should do all things without grumbling. I believe, I believe that you and I, you have a heart of Jesus in this morning. I believe that the Holy Spirit is in your heart because He promises to give us the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. But there are people that can just grumble, right? This is real. And when we grumble about the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, doing the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, that work that He has given us to do, when we grumble, that's a sign that there is something wrong in our heart. We're supposed to do God's work, Jesus' work, with joy. Because we know who we are serving, right? We know He's God, and we know that He has commanded His work for us to do. He commanded us to do His work. So you and I, as a church, our job is to continue... The work that, began, that Jesus began to do on this earth. He ministered to people. And we're supposed to minister to people. Do we get together with people? Yes, we do. So how do we minister to people? How is it that we're going to minister to people? The word of God. Tell them the word of God. Speak to them. Impact them with the faith that you have in your heart so that they also can have that faith, that saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The other implication here that I'd like to talk about is the fact that we ought to work in the Lord's harvest. Matthew 9, 36, 39 says, When he saw the crowds, he had had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send, send out laborers into his harvest. Do you all agree that the harvest is plentiful? It is plentiful. Um, According to Google, (laughs) probably you're thinking, oh, Jonas, what source, what source? (laughs) Um, In Mozambique, the population of Mozambique is about 30 million, okay? 30 million. So I'm going to just read here something interesting that I found on Google. According to 2009 Mozambique government census, 26.2% of citizens are Roman Catholic, 18.3% are Muslim, 15.1% are Zionist Christian, 14.7% are Evangelical Pentecostal, 1.6, 1.6% are Anglican, 4.7% are Hindu, and the remaining 13.4% did not list a religious affiliation. Now, tell me that the harvest is not plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. And this is just one country. How many countries do we have in the world? We have so many countries in the world. And here, just here in Holmes County, County, again, according to Google, in Holmes County, the population, according to uh, information from 2019, the population in Holmes County is 43,901. I don't know how accurate that information is, but that's a lot of people, right, for just one county. So you might be thinking, oh Mozambique is so far away. The harvest is plentiful here in Holmes County as well. So you and I are called to minister to people here in Holmes County. You might be called to go somewhere else to minister. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit because He He wants laborers into his harvest. Back in Mozambique, when you walk around in the streets, you see so many people, thousands of people walking in the streets. And those people, the reason why they're walking is because they don't have means of transport. Okay, Other people are in the buses. They take a bus, public transport, to go somewhere. Some of them are students going to school. Others are just people going to work. Others are um, people just selling things, vendors in the streets. So many Excuse me. So many people in the streets. So many crowds. And when you look at that, you see how plentiful the harvest is. And you think to yourself, how many people, how many of these people really know Christ? And you see how plentiful that harvest is. And I believe even here in States, when you go to bigger cities, you see more people than actually you see here in Holmes County, right? That should move our hearts to ministering to those people. We should get convicted to ministering, to reaching those people, and bringing those people to the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the work that Jesus began to do, and he wants you and I as a church to continue to do. The second point that I'll be talking about this morning is the fact that we are called to be followers, to follow the example of Jesus. Now, what is an example? An example is a demonstration, right? It's a demonstration of something. Okay, If somebody is teaching you how to do something, they demonstrate it, they demonstrate to you how to do it. I remember when I started my job here in states, I remember Joe teaching me how to paint. Um I was I was painting this wall on the corner between the the ceiling and the wall, you know, at the corner there and, and I didn't really know how to do it well. And and Joe comes and takes he takes the paintbrush and he shows me how to hold it and how to cut the edge. And then he gave it to me back and I, and I started doing it. I had some uh, struggles at first, uh, but he demonstrated it to me. Okay? He showed it to me. He did it. And I watched, do, I watched him do it and I practiced. And this is exactly what Jesus did. He was on earth, he demonstrated how to do things, how to minister to people. And now he wants us to follow that example. He wants you and I to follow his example, to minister in the ways that he ministered. And so in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loves, loved us, and gave Himself up for us—a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. In case you're, in, in case you were wondering where it is in the Bible that says we have to imitate Him, here it is: Ephesians 5:1 and two. Be imitators of God. Be imitators of Jesus Christ. And one of the things that he did that is really, really, really amazing is pray to God. Jesus himself, he is God and he still prayed to God, right? And we are called to pray. You and I are called to pray every day. He kept his relationship with God, the Father, through prayer. And you and I are called to keep your relationship with God through prayer. Keep your relationship with him Through prayer. It's through prayer that you you keep connected to Him. Because when you stop to pray, that that connection tends to just vanish. Right? It tends to vanish. So you and I are called to be imitators of Jesus. He prayed, and we're supposed to pray. Jesus was compassionate to people. And I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you guys, Uh, thank each and every one of you who've been praying for the situation in Mozambique with all those attacks. That shows how compassionate you are. And that is something that Jesus did. He was compassionate to people. He felt compassion to those who were sick and he healed them. He addressed their deepest need as well, which is the need for salvation. Apart from their physical need, he also addressed their deepest need, the need for salvation, the need for a relationship with God. So apart from healing their physical bodies, he also healed their spirits. He forgave them of their sins. He gave them a relationship with the Father that they so desperately needed. So Jesus was compassionate and he calls you and I to also be compassionate to those around us. Now, you might say those attacks do not happen here in America. How are we supposed to be compassionate? You are not called to be only compassionate about things, physical things. There are I believe there are so many people in the world, here in America, struggling with different different things, with spiritual struggles, right? You're called to have compassion with those people and to reach those people and to minister into their lives, to impact them with the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. In 2019, there was a hurricane uh, back in Mozambique, and I was there at the time, and, and I saw so many NGOs, non-governmental organizations, that had come over to uh, to do relief projects, you know, helping people out in the country that were affected by that uh, by that natural disaster. And so I saw so many organizations opening open offices in Pemba where we lived, um, and just starting to to do different projects and just like uh, distributing food to those people who had lost everything, uh, giving them construction materials because their houses were completely destroyed and they they were basically homeless. And so I saw this happening. So many Mozambicans volunteered to help distribute these things to the people that were affected. That's one way that we can show compassion to people. But one way that I didn't see people ministering to those people was impacting them with the Lord Jesus Christ's message. And you and I are called when something like that happens to impact the people, both physically and spiritually. And the, spir- in the, the spiritual context here, the spiritual component of it is the most important because you are addressing their deepest need which is the need for the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are called to be compassionate to other people. Some of these people were taking water to them. They were taking food to them because because those people needed food. But apart from all these things, they also needed Jesus. right? They needed Jesus. And I believe... Here in in Holmes County, I know there are people that need Jesus. You and I need Jesus on a daily basis. That is why we're called to pray, to seek God. Jesus prayed to the Father in front of his disciples, and he taught his disciples to pray because he wanted them to continue that practice of praying. And we are called to do the same, to seek the Father. And the third point that I'll be talking about this morning is that we are called to display the example of Jesus to other people. We are called to display the example of Jesus Christ to those people that we we interact with on a daily basis. Even those people that we work with, we're called to impact them. Oppression is something very hurtful. When you're oppressed, you become desperate. Everything, everything is taken control by your oppressor. Your oppressor controls your, um, your finances. He, contro- he controls the economy. And your life basically depends on him. And in most cases, he decides if you live or if you die. And these are things that have happened in the past. And we, when we look at this passage here in, in the book of Acts, um, we see that the disciples were desperate because of the oppression of the Romans, right? The dominion of the Romans in Israel, it was so harsh that they were desperate. They knew scripture. They knew that there was a promise of this king that would come and rule over Israel. So when they see Jesus, they asked him after his resurrection Is it now, Jesus? Is it now that you're going to take over? Is it now? Because of desperation, and we can see that their focus was the earth, the earthly life. Okay, they wanted to be free physically, and don't get me wrong, there is nothing, uh, nothing wrong about being free physically. And one of the things that I appreciate here in America is the fact that there is freedom, right? Because there are so many other parts of the world where. People cannot gather this way that we're gathering this morning because they're afraid that they're going to get found by the authorities and they're going to be slaughtered or all of them killed or just the building burned down to, to ground, right? But here in America, we have the freedom to worship. And nobody, at least for now, nobody comes behind us, you know, uh, trying, to, trying to prevent us from worshiping God. Now, these people in Israel, they were being oppressed by the Romans. And their oppression was so harsh that they couldn't wait for the day that this king was going to come and just deliver them from that oppression. They couldn't wait. And so they asked Jesus, Jesus, is it now that you're going to do this? Is it now that you're going to deliver us from these people that are oppressing us? You know what? I don't I don't blame them because oppression is just awful. It's it's hurtful. But what I see here, and I believe you can see it too, is that the oppression that we have here on earth is temporary, right? What we go through on on, on earth is temporary we're going to one day Jesus is going to come and that oppression that those hurtful th- hurtful things they're going to go they're going to end and the Lord Jesus will come and we will be with him when he comes to to take his church and that's the hope that we have it doesn't matter what kind of oppression you're going through this morning so apart from this physical oppression they were going through, there was also another oppression which is oppression, the, the spiritual oppression. and the oppressor there is devil. Now, are you not being oppressed this morning? Now, if you're being oppressed, are you asking Jesus? Are you resorting to Jesus? Are you leaning on Jesus because he's the only one who can take this oppression away from your life? It's only him. Are you seeking him to deliver you from that oppression from devil, from Satan? He says here in verse 6, so... When they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth." Basically, Jesus is saying to them, it's none of your business to know these things. It's the Father's business. But I'm going to give you power, the power that you need for you to to be my witness here locally and to the ends of the earth. Look, Jesus knew that these people, for them to be able to, to witness Jesus Christ, they needed power of the Holy Spirit. So he was preparing them to witness. Now, let's talk about witnessing for a minute, okay? What is witnessing? Have you guys ever seen, I believe you have seen a trial, okay? A trial in the court happening. Normally, there is, there is, a, there is a witness, right? People who have seen it happen, they come and testify. This is what I saw. I saw this, this, and that happening, Right? Now, we're called to witness. Jesus says to his disciples, you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. They had seen Jesus perform miracles. They had seen Jesus pray. They had seen Jesus minister to the people in many different ways. And so their job now was for them to witness about Jesus Christ to those people who had not had this experience with Jesus Christ. And that's what we're called to do this morning. Not that you were there personally with Jesus, but because of your experience, because of the experience that you have with Jesus Christ, you're called to witness that Jesus that changed your heart. Amen. You're called to witness. Now, there, are, there is such a thing as a false witness. And there is such a thing as a true witness. What kind of witness are we when we witness out there? Are we false witnesses or true witnesses? Jesus was accused falsely. Right? There are false witnesses out there. If you have not experienced Jesus Christ, what are you going to witness? Right? Right? What are you going to witness if you do not have any experience whatsoever with Jesus Christ? You're called to witness what you have experienced in your heart, the salvation that you have, the hope that you have of salvation, the hope that you have that when Jesus Christ comes from heaven, you will be with him when he comes to take his church. You will be with him. That hope is what you're supposed to witness to those around you. Now, if you, if you do not have that experience, what are you going to witness? So before you witness, please seek to ex- experience Jesus. Seek to have an experience, a personal experience in your heart with Jesus Christ. And you will be a true witness. You are going to tell people what you know about Jesus. You will tell people what he has done in your life. Guys, I can't can't tell you enough. Without Jesus, we're lost. We're just lost. But today, it's a blessing that we can sit here and worship this Jesus and to have this hope that one day we will be with Him. Can you guys imagine the day when Jesus comes when you can see Him? Okay? When you can see Him with your eyes. Do you get excited about this? Do you get excited? Like... Look at him and go like, oh, this is Jesus. This is the Jesus who was crucified, who suffered insults, who shed his blood for me. This should bring us excitement to have this hope that one day we'll be with him. And that is a blessing. And so what we're called to do this morning is to witness this Jesus so that more people may come to him and may come to believe in him and have this same hope that we have, right? So they can have this hope that we have. And he says here that the harvest is plentiful. There are so many people in the world that need Jesus. So many people that need him including ourselves. We do need Jesus every day, every step of the way. We need Him. So it makes sense to say we have to connect to Him every day, every moment of our lives because He's the only one that gives us strength to witness about Him. Amen. The strength comes from Him. We, cannot, we, we are not strong by ourselves. So Jesus is giving them a job to be witnesses. And that job is given to you too, to witness. But one thing that I would like to to note here is the fact that this job that Jesus is giving you is not a job that like an oppressor would give you. Okay? This is a different kind of job. And he actually says here in Matthew, Matthew 11, chapter 28 and 30, he says, Come to me, all, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and, uh, and lowly in heart, and you will, you will ha- find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." So the burden that Jesus Christ gives to us is light. But when when we look at the oppressor's burden, it's heavy, right? It is heavy. The burden that Satan brings to you, he brings to your heart, is so heavy. And Jesus takes that away. He takes it away, and he brings a light burden to you. He puts it in your heart. He puts a light, a light burning in your heart. So Jesus is giving us a work to do. He's giving us a job to do, which is to witness out there to those who do not know Jesus Christ. When someone is hired for a job, I remember once, uh, the, one, of, one of the clauses in the contract that I was, for the job that I was hired for, it said it was a proba- probatory? probatory, I don't know if I'm uh, pronouncing this correctly, um, probationary or something like that, okay, a period of time where you're being watched, right, you're being watched if uh, to find out if you suit, you know, for the job that you've been being, you're being hired for, okay? And that's because the employee does not know if, you, if you're the right person for the job, right? Now, this job that Jesus is giving it to us, it's not, he's not like this employee that doesn't know. He knows everything. He's giving you this job, and he gives you strength. He gives you power of the Holy Spirit for you to be able to perform Whatever he has called you to do, he gives you the power. So the power can only be found in him and not anywhere else. So it makes sense for us to just seek Jesus Christ and ask him to give us the power. When we remember the the disciples, uh, when they ran away when Jesus got arrested, this was before the Holy Spirit, they received the Holy Spirit, right? Now, as soon as they received the Holy Spirit, they became fired up, and they were preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel fearlessly, and one of, the, one of the disciples of Jesus gets murdered. They don't stop. They keep going, going and going, testifying, preaching the gospel, putting their lives in danger for the sake of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the power that Jesus Christ gives you this morning. He gives you the Holy Spirit so that you're, that you're that bold and that courageous to preach the good news. When you have this power, you become fearless. Because you know that your life has no value here on earth. This physical life that you have, it's just so temporary. And there is a life to come that is such there is so much more important for us to focus on because we'll live that life with Jesus Christ our Lord when he comes. Amen. Amen. As I close here, I'm going to invite the worship team to come. Um, and I do have a couple questions to ask. Where are your eyes this morning? What are you looking to this morning? Are you searching for a better leader for your country, like the disciples were? Like the people of Israel were? Are you looking for a better governor to your state? Are you looking for a better mayor for your city? Or are you looking for a better you, Where are your eyes this morning? And if you're sitting here this morning and you you feel like your eyes are not in Christ, I invite you this morning to just put your trust in the Lord, to look to Him. Just look to Him. Worship Him because He deserves your worship. And He died there on the cross because of you. Because he wanted to save you. He wanted to give you this relationship with the Father. And so, set your eyes on things above, where Christ is. What type of witness are you? Are you a true witness or a false witness? And again, if you're here this morning and you're not sure what type of witness you are, today is the opportunity that you have to ask Jesus to change that. And it's only Him who can change that. It's only Jesus. Only He has the power to change that, to make you into a powerful witness of Himself. Be a good witness, a true witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. the passage that i just read in acts 1 it says and while they were gazing into heaven as he went behold two men stood by <coughs> two men stood by them in white robes and said men of galilee why are you standing looking into heaven this jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven On that day, when Jesus comes, the same way that he went into heaven, there's not going to be hurt. There's not going to be asking for forgiveness. It's going to be too late. And so today is the day for you to ask Jesus Christ to abide in your heart. To give you faith in him is today. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait. Because the punishment is too great, brothers and sisters. And even greater than that is the power that Jesus Christ has to turn lives, lives that are messed up, into lives that are glorifying to Him. And He can do that this morning to you. He can do that as long as you call upon His name. He will work in your life. He'll work in your life. Father, I just thank you so much for this message. I just pray, God, that you reach each and every brother and sister that's here this morning. Reach us, God, with your hand. Help us, God, to believe in you to believe truly in our hearts and help us to seek you and to find you, God. Help us to find that grace that you give us because you're a loving Father. You're a gracious Father. And we thank you so much for being so gracious to us. Even when we, we did not deserve it, you still gave it to us. So we thank you, God. And I pray, Lord, that you'd be with us. Help us, Lord, to be like you. Help us to follow this example that you have set for us. Help us serve you. Help us, Lord, to be true witnesses of you to those around us. We thank you and we love you, Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.